0: this is it episode three origins unknown podcast my name is chris holt
1: hey guys i'm claire huntington and chris i've really got to be honest i'm super nervous about this episode because we dig really deep into my past and we actually figure out three of my origins unknown
0: well that's the hard part about claire and i giving people real-time access to all of this because typically this is kind of a private thing
1: super private and on top of that whenever i would tell people i was adopted growing up i would always hear stuff like you don't look adopted which really was off-putting and confusing. I started telling people that I was adopted AF.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Adopted AF. Yes. A boy named Sue adopted AF. I think that could be a thing.
1: Um, Also, this was a really interesting episode because Chris and I walked through adoption in Saskatchewan in the 80s and there was... A huge amount of post-adoption services available to me and Chris doesn't really have access to that.
0: Thank you all for your support thus far. It's been overwhelming and we really couldn't have done any of this without you, our listeners.
1: Thanks so much, guys. All right, episode three,
0: Origins Unknown Podcast. I am Chris Holt.
1: I'm Claire Huntington.
0: (laughs) And this episode, we are going to dive deeper into adoption in the 80s in Canada. So A lot of the stuff I honestly know nothing about. So this is, same. So we're on the same page, that's cool.
1: Yeah, so I had no idea. I actually found out, so you guys are in in for a treat today. We are actually discovering, I think, three of my unknown origins today.
0: Yep, so this episode might get real real. Uh, So we'll play it by ear.
1: You guys, as you guys can see, I'm already got all the motions. Yeah. I talked to my mom today and got some notes. And apparently, I'm going to find out what hospital, what, well, and then what city. Yep. And what time I was born.
0: And mind you, everyone, she does not know. So, everything she's going to read today is in real time, it's happening in the moment. So, we're super excited that you're here to experience this with her, with me and obviously get to know more about adoption in Canada.
1: If you are also an adoptee in Saskatchewan, you want to really listen to the veto section. I found out that the legislation changed heavily on January 1st, 2017. I'm not sure if it's because I've been living out of the province of Saskatchewan. I've been designing, working at design firms in Calgary and out of the province, so... Fellow Saskatchewan adoptees, if you could let me know if there was something that was either mailed to you, my mom said nothing was mailed to to her, or if you had heard about this change, but there are huge changes that have happened to Saskatchewan legislation that are going to directly impact you, so...
0: Yeah, and this whole veto thing is very interesting to me because I don't... It's aggressive. Yeah, it's aggressive, but I don't even know if there is something similar to that in Korea. So this is all interesting.
1: So first off, I do want to say that in doing research for this, I realized that adoption laws are dependent on the location, the province, state, country, also the year that you were adopted. So there are adoption legislations that if you had a closed adoption, if the law was present at the time that you were adopted in many of the cases and your parental rights were, you gave them up as an adopt, as a bio parent, Mm -hmm. that's going to be what reigns.
0: Got it. That's interesting.
1: So I was in a closed adoption. And so just because now they do open adoptions doesn't mean that those same rules apply. So I went into adoption service, Saskatchewan's Post Adoption Services and so they have, and I'm gonna link all this for you guys. And I'm probably gonna apply for the veto on the phone with you guys, or like we'll we'll do it on an episode, a future episode. Yep. Um, okay. So for there are different eligibilities to apply for as an adoptee. I am a an adoptee, so I can apply for everything because I am a first party. There are parents of an adoptee, and then there are the birth mother or bio mother and then there are children of the birth or bio mother so that can so yeah um now so there are birth registration that i can get so you can be eligible to receive birth registration that has information as such as your name so i could find out my name if i did this um as well as the child's birth name place of birth and the name of the hospital Hmm. Um, but these are subject to vetoes, which we'll go through in a little bit. So this is crazy too. I didn't realize this birth registration cannot be released until six months after the adult adoptee's 18th birthday. Okay. So, uh, adult adoptees in Saskatchewan, even though you turn 18, you have to be 18 and a half. That's weird. I don't understand why. And I'm hoping perhaps that we can maybe talk to someone at post adoption services oh, I'm sure. about that. Um,
0: like, set up, right off the bat, this is way more organized than anything I've seen in Korean adoption. Oh yeah, so. so
1: and I'm finding this out. I really like Saskatchewan in terms of that. So I'm gonna take a drink because this is a heavy episode for me.
0: Yeah, mind you, uh, if you're not watching this and you're listening to it, if you hear glasses clinking, clinking drinking, <laughs> swallowing, sorry. <laughs> this is a heavy episode, so we thought we'd uh, partner it with uh, uh, libation.
1: Yes, so adult adoptee search. So something that's new, in Saskatchewan, and I have to find the date, but you couldn't search for your birth father. You can now search for birth father information if he was put on the file mm-hmm. or if he's mentioned anywhere in the records. Okay. However, this crazy part that adds rejection, they'll contact him, and then if he says no, he can still reject, but that, mm-hmm. okay. Um, if you're a birth father and your name does not appear in the birth registration, you may be eligible to search for the adult adoptee based on file information.
0: So they can search for you?
1: Yes. And I can search for them. This is what I think I'm going to get. This is my money ticket right now, and where I think most adoptees start. Non identifying background information, NEBI, which mm-hmm. I like that they, yeah. You may apply for a NEBI if it is confirmed you are a birth parent um, or an adoptee. So this is the adopted version. So the Nibi includes information and documents from the adoption adoption record, which by law must have third-party information removed.
0: So basically, they're setting up laws to give both parties options, essentially.
1: Yeah. Which exactly. is the
0: total opposite of Korean adoption. It's uh, yeah, Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, if you also think about it, in Saskatchewan... Can't say my own province. Saskatchewan adoption, the both the adoptee for the most part and the adopter and the adoptee and the bio parent are gonna be from the same province. Okay. So in Saskatchewan, even our <laughs> our vehicle registration, we only have one.
0: Oh. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: It's actually awesome.
0: That makes it more efficient.
1: It does. Yeah. Um, okay.
0: Canada one. US yes. zero.
1: We even have it if you're born born in Saskatchewan, but adopted out of province. So, um, all right, so this one doesn't matter. I'm all flustered, guys, I'm not usually... Okay, and then they have part two, tips for searching.
0: <laughs> I love that they have printouts. <laughs> is... I mean, I have nothing, I
1: have so basically... Like, so no, I, w- I, have I went to Post Adoption <laughs> Services Canada and they were like, here's your post adoption and they had this all out. And then apparently in 1987, the year I was born, they created a support group for adoptive parents oh and whatnot so but then they had this like really helpful step by step pdf oh, this
0: is like a a birth parent search for dummies type of thing like it, it really maps mm-hmm. it out for you which is kind of nice
1: yeah so and then this tells me what i would have gotten in my information when i was adopted it could vary but adult adoptees receive from birth registration um, so that I can this is what I one of the things I can search for. This is a more in-depth Got search it. than the NIB. Got it. So I would get if I get the birth registration, which this might be a season two, I don't know. Birth parents name, um, birth father's name may or may not be listed. Um yeah. And then my birth mother's age, year of birth, or exact birth date, her address if found in the birth registration. Um, but the address could be provided with someone who she was staying with at the time. Mm-hmm. I did find out that in Saskatchewan, a lot of people would go to larger cities back in the eighties that the hospitals mm-hmm. didn't have the capacity to birth babies. Okay. So just because I was born in, uh, I don't know, I think I, I in like one place, it would be possibly from a surrounding
0: town. Oh, got it.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So... Um, And then they give you like little little ways to search.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know if you're listening, you can't see this, but everyone that's watching, like it's all bullet points and
1: like and then there's like there's like linked PDFs. I love Canada.
0: Yeah, no, Korea's just like oh, these are fake documents. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's the forms that I might need. Um, like contact preference, acknowledgement of contact preference, veto, birth parent application for service, application for voluntary contact medical search. So it's all really well written. And I'm going to link this. And actually, we might post a copy of this yeah. in this episode. file. Yep. Yep. Okay. Here, here's where it gets very, and I, I called my mom and I read this off and I, I said, this sounds very Game of Thrones-y. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I'm going to let you read the veto. So there are two things. I'll just give a preamble to this because it's very, yeah. Um, So if you were adopted uh, and you were adopted prior to January 1st, 2017, and since January 1st, 2017, if you are a Saskatchewan adoptee, something I didn't realize, my biological family can try to reach out to me at any time. I'm no longer protected under the laws of it is to me to go search. Okay. They can now contact post-adoption services and request to talk to me.
0: Because you're above or because of that date or because yeah. you're above 18.
1: Because I – Oh, got
0: to got it, got it. And, and prior because above
1: 18. Yeah. So oh, this <clears throat> is also important. You can't know any information in Saskatchewan under the time period that I was adopted, close adoption, until you're 18 and a half. Yep. So that's another thing is that you can't that's know. Like... Even if your parent, I believe, even if my mom and dad asked to find it, they wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, mm, yeah, I could buy smokes before I could find out who it was. Right? <laughs>
0: that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys can drink at 18, right?
1: Mm, only in Alberta and oh, I think BC. Uh-huh. I will admit that I did go to university in Alberta for art school and for that reason. So it's 19. It's a Saskatchewan. one. Wow. Uh. Yeah. Okay so i'm gonna let you read so this is very important saskatchewan adoptees what is a veto
0: all right veto you are eligible to place a veto against the release of your identifying information on the birth registration if you were adopted prior to january 1st 2017. if you place a veto your identifying information will be removed from the birth registration before it is provided to your birth parents or parents or if they are deceased to their children Your veto will terminate upon your death. Sorry, I said that last part like that. It's
1: okay. And then a contact preference.
0: Contact preference. You are eligible to place a contact preference that accompanies the release of the identifying birth registration, which applies regardless when your adoption was granted. If you place a contact preference, your identifying information is released, but you have the opportunity to state what type of contact you want from your birth parents or parents, including no contact. Your contact preference will terminate upon
1: your death. Now read, this is important.
0: If your adoption was granted prior to January 1st, 2017, you are not able to place both a veto and a contact preference. You can only place one or the other. Why?
1: I don't know. I'm going to ask someone about that. But So here's the kicker. If you are an adoptee in Saskatchewan, and I'm going to look into different provinces, but... I wasn't aware that at any time I could have I could just be you know on Facebook or well I don't really go on Instagram or watching Netflix and I could get a call from adoption services saying someone's looking for you. That that, would be
0: so jarring.
1: Like you could just be going through your day and like right. And do
0: you ever did you ever think about that growing up like what if Somehow. regardless of knowing any of this stuff like did you ever think oh what if they come looking for me or
1: mm-mm, mm-mm.
0: yeah that never because
1: i was i was protected i was protected uh, under a different law
0: no no but set laws as a person as a kid did you ever think what if they come looking for me i mean i wonder if other adoptees think like oh what if my birth parents are looking for me like what if they're wondering are they wondering about me i wonder on my birthday sometimes mm.
1: i always wonder that You so to always be like a weird thing
0: It's like, uh, have you seen that movie Tangled? Yeah. With the the lights, the lanterns on her birthday.
1: So really funny, guys! I'll show you this. I literally have the hair from Tangled.
0: Oh yeah, the (laughs) (laughs) when they cut it (laughs) in like the one round. I'm sorry, I'm growing
1: out an undercut because pandemic. Yeah. So this is crazy to me that I had no idea. And again, adoptees in Saskatchewan, let me know if you guys knew this. Like hmm that's huge that's a huge it's huge
0: again i'm just overwhelmed by how organized this is but yes that i was stressed out i called both my
1: parents and and the immediate panic that we had so i don't know i'm wondering if i could place this that only like my siblings could find me yeah but like i feel like when you find one you find them all yeah um yeah
0: that's crazy
1: and also, guys, if you guys are going to be starting to do your adoption search and you're not sure of the – everything, everything's going to be different based on what year, year, what place, what country. I found out that people were adopted across the border a lot mm. because they were pretty loosey-goosey with the border. I know now we need a passport and whatnot, but they were adopting kids back and forth between, oh. across the border. So um, – please reach out at hello at origins unknown I really enjoyed researching this and I, we would love to help you go through and figure that out. And it's overwhelming to do it for yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that part of this whole podcast, most of uh, uh, the people that will be listening or tuning in. I mean, a lot of the stuff, some of it will be kind of new knowledge for all of us. Uh, so, you know, I want everyone to view this podcast as a very organic, open platform kind of system where, mm-hmm. like we said from the very beginning, we're not experts here. We're learning as we go on many topics, and there are a lot of topics that we know nothing about. So, you know, we, feedback is imperative. We, we o- welcome it with open arms, so please email us uh, if you have any information or, again, any topics you'd like to hear.
1: So I'm not ignoring you guys and texting. Um, my mom texted me this information today and I got home and gathered a few things together. A few of these things I was saving to put in your baby book. I might have more notes in an old external hard drive. I'll try to hook that up later. I'll send what I have right now. Um, okay. It says, and I'm going to put all this on the episode, but it says I'm brand new. I weighed, and I've never seen this before, you guys, so I had no Whoa. idea. I weighed five pounds, eight ounces.
0: Oh, I know how much I weighed.
1: How much did you weigh?
0: Like, under two pounds. But you have to also remember I'm a triplet, so we were prematurely born.
1: Why do you always have to be skinnier than me?
0: I mean, if we were born in Sparta, we'd been thrown off the cliff.
1: <sighs> no, they probably would have thought you were some sort of, like, Roman god or something.
0: No, we were weak little, like, you saw the baby picture, I looked like a an alien. Anyway.
1: My eye color was blue, but my eyes, as you can know, are, like, really weird and dichromatic and different. Yeah, yeah. But um, my hair was light brown, which, I don't know. From that picture, I don't think so. No,
0: that looked blonde.
1: uh, um, The name that was chosen for me was Claire Danielle, and it says, Your grandma Williams, and this is my my mom's, my adopted family's, Grandma Williams' middle name was Claire, was Claire. Great-grandma's was Claire, and we liked the name. She said to look at that. What's 2046? twenty forty six? Eight eight
0: forty six. Twenty forty six. Oh, time. Yeah. Yeah. Eight. Eight forty six. That's when you were born. PM. What time is it? It's almost eight o'clock. At eight forty six, we're not gonna be on this podcast for. Oh, well, actually, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe close. No, never mind. That's cool. I don't even know what time we were born. 846. <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> What's that yellow post-it?
1: As she said it. She wrote there on there. Oh. My mom loves post-it. Mm. I'm like, okay. All right. 846. Well, I'm doing a birth chart tonight, I guess, maybe.
0: <laughs> so this is I think also touching upon the the idea that I think a lot of people that are not adopted have this information, and they take it for granted. So, you know, you need to understand the context here. You know, you're you're in your mid-30s and- Mid-30s? Or below mid-30s, sorry. <laughs> 33.
1: <sighs> <laughs> that snapped me out real so, quick.
0: You're like, wait, what? No, not cool. Not cool. Um, and- you know, you just don't know any of this stuff. And it's a lot of stuff that you wonder forever. You know other people that have all their information and they're just like, hey, look at me. I know exactly everything about me. So um,
1: I love that you didn't try to hug me. Uh, no, that was great.
0: <laughs> yeah. We, yeah.
1: We had to be talked about that. on. We did. So if you guys yeah. didn't listen to our last episode, we talked about how we both self soothe and we're not sure if that's because we're adopted, but
0: I would like to get a survey on that.
1: We should figure that. Out. We should do an Instagram post about that.
0: I want to ask my CAD group.
1: I want to ask my total group. Yeah. <laughs> I have a group now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we'll show... I also got a picture, you guys, of me when I was first born. Um, and we'll show that after yep. with your photo. Yep. Oh. What's that? Oh. Okay. Origin two, I was born in Regina.
0: Okay. Is
1: or, that- I didn't know that.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Origin number three, I was born at the Regina General Hospital.
0: Wait, what does that mean, origin number three?
1: Like, oh, sorry, 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 origin. sorry. My yeah, yeah. So, my aunt, I'm going to have to double check and see. My aunt is a labor and delivery nurse. And basically, I swear she's probably delivered every baby in Regina. So, I'm going to have to see if she was... At the Regina General. That'd be crazy. I weighed five pounds, eight ounces. My height was 18 inches.
0: No idea what we were. We were preemies. We're probably the size of a hand. I think it's like a foot
1: and a half. No, no, it's not. Can we strike that if I'm wrong?
0: (laughs) 12. We'll we'll fact check.
1: (laughs) 12 inches. 12 inches of a foot. And then that's six inches. Yeah. My head measured 14 inches.
0: (laughs) Why does that sound large? Big. Well, you know what they say? Big larger, head. larger the head, the larger, or bigger the head, the bigger the star. That's oh, from uh, okay, uh, Entourage.
1: My chest was 12 inches.
0: I, again, I have no idea what
1: <laughs> I don't know. I've never cared yeah. about baby measurements because they didn't apply to me.
0: 12 inches, I yeah, I don't know.
1: Okay,
0: well, a five pound baby seems pretty average. That's not bad. At least you weren't like a 10 pound baby, those things
1: are- My niece was, I think, 9 pounds, 3 ounces.
0: Yeah, one of my best friends was 10 and 5 And he was a twin.
1: Oh, gosh. She's index cards. Um. Oh. Oh, she's. <laughs> okay. So, okay.
0: She's just looking through some photos.
1: Um. So, I was adopted in on December 16th. My dad I spoke to my dad today and apparently they they'd waited for 5 years for me. And apparently they were hosting my dad's office Christmas party. He was I believe he was the director or he was the boss mm-hmm. at the time and so they found out on the Friday and they came to social services and if I'm remembering incorrectly, my parents will let me know, but apparently it was like in a strip mall. Which is kind of funny because I always loved strip mall convenience stores. <laughs> um, they met me there, and then they had, I believe, until Sunday, to decide if they wanted me.
0: What do you mean that your father was waiting for five years? They waited. My a,
1: parents waited for five years to adopt me. They were on a list for five years.
0: Oh, got it. So they adopted just for a baby, and then you happen to, or they
1: any baby for a okay, girl? Got it, got it, I believe it, a girl. So they had my brother. They mm-hmm. sorry they adopted my brother and then they requested a sister and I think they told him like do you want a sister and he got all excited and then yep. at, the, at that point I think they had given up hope um, and then they had three days to decide if they wanted me wow. so apparently people stayed till extremely late as one does at your Christmas party and they were catatonic and then they got me and then what something people don't understand that if you are an adoptive parent oftentimes like if you if you conceive a child you have nine months to prep for it. Mm-hmm. You've nine months to prep for it and you you go through the whole pregnancy process, you you nest, you get things, you have a baby shower. A lot of adoptive mothers didn't get baby showers back in the day. They also didn't get maternity leave.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I don't think my mom did at all. And well, I hate to tell you that in Canada we get a year and a half. Oh, I'm hyper aware of that and because men of also my get maternity leave. But that's interesting because even though like thinking about my parents deciding to adopt triplets, like I just thought, what if like one day they just woke up Um, I'm like in that little trial period or whatever of making a decision. And I just thought three kids at once, all the same age, like that would be insane. No, let's not do this. Yeah. And then your whole life changes, you know, but again, you can't live your life like that. I mean, choices were made
1: and. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like too, here's the other thing that you don't think of a lot of adoptive parents and I'll have to double check and think, but I I think and see, but I believe there might've been something that fell through midway but my dad said babies at the time they had the mother had 30 days Mm -hmm. 30 days to come back and ask for your child
0: 30 days
1: i don't know i'll have to double check and granted you guys have to remember that i'm asking my parents things like midday like my dad's power has been out since like three in the morning and he's out in the boonies Mm -hmm. and he's just trying to like field my questions and i'm calling them being like hey what about this and it's like repressed it's been 33 years right we all don't remember stuff yeah And he said that my brother, there was a risk that they would be able to take my brother back. Um, So imagine that you get all your baby stuff, you name the baby, you connect with the baby and somebody comes and takes it away.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure anyone that's listening, you might be part of that type of situation, which is heartbreaking. And, you know, those are also stories that we want to talk about and discuss and share, because I think a lot of people don't realize how gray the whole situation is. It's not so cookie cut in black and white, um, that there are lots of different scenarios that can cause situations like that to happen.
1: And then picture this, that they had three days. So my 30 day period had already passed, but I had been in an institution, I guess, or something had happened. So we don't know. Mm-hmm. My situation was different from my brother's and I'm getting the sense that my brother's was pretty cute and like happy and <laughs> mine was a little bit different. Um, so, I was in foster care. I also found out a lovely woman, one of my dad's good friends, her, his mother was my caseworker, oh. which is devastating because she recently passed. Oh. Yeah. I'm so, yeah, but that's crazy. So, that she was, you know, there. Yeah. And I kind of made a joke to my dad I'm like, did you get pushed to the front of the line? He's like, well, we were waiting for five years. I don't think so. <laughs> and that's crazy. So, my parents that's were long time like believe. pillars of the community, really great people and I hate to say in the 80s that people weren't as forward thinking, but they were a straight white couple who had money, Mm -hmm. had already successfully adopted an adjusted baby and they waited five years. Yeah, and I actually just
0: spoke to a friend today that reached out randomly because they saw our post or whatever and she actually said that she knows nothing about, well, when when she read the title of Origins Unknown, she had no idea what that was referencing and then when she heard it was about adoption, She got the connection, but then she said, look, my experience growing up, it was families that had a lot of money in the States, that is in America, it was families that had a lot of money that could just adopt babies and give them great homes. And it almost seemed more like a privilege than anything else back in like the eighties. So yeah, it's, it's all perspective. It's, you know,
1: what did you say to me when I told you that I was adopted as well?
0: Oh yeah. So I hate (laughs) to say this. So when she told me originally when we first met that she was adopted, my, I guess my knee jerk reaction always, when I think of children that are adopted, I always think of people like myself in the sense of people of color. So when I, because I think, I, because my whole family is white, everyone's well to do, lawyers, doctors, what was confusing to me in the beginning was when, and I guess you're the f- maybe the second or third Caucasian person I've met that is adopted. I just don't associate white people being adopted for some reason. And I know that sounds totally ludicrous and crazy and naive and whatever you want to call it. But but it's
1: also less, less apparent. So you probably know a lot of adopted Caucasian people who are adopted into Caucasian homes that you don't know. It, uh, we, we don't wear- Possibly. Right? Like I, I found out a lot of people that I had no idea were adopted were adopted- From doing this that I've grown up with for like three decades and we just like didn't say anything.
0: Well, I guess for me, anyone that I've known that is adopted has always been very open about it. Because you're
1: you're adopted and you're visibly adopted.
0: Yeah. But I mean, even my friends, I mean, I probably have maybe two friends that are white that were adopted by white families. And I mean, it was, they were very open about it. But, But
1: did you say you were adopted first?
0: Mm, I honestly, I don't have to say it because all I have to do is like look at my parents. And it's, that's what I mean. Yeah, like it's like, yeah. it's
1: shown right away. So you're like, yeah, oh, you must yeah, yeah, be adopted. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true.
1: So like for me, for like the rest of us, we're just like...
0: Yeah, and, and I just, are- I felt terrible because I just thought, why is she doing a, a, a podcast about adoption? You know, like she's white. And then think, I'm like,
1: why did I just think that? That was... Like I just have, a, I have a type. It's adopted people. <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, and it's like really funny too, because like... You just like, don't think, think of it. Right. And like, yeah, it's just there's, been, pe- there's been people, there's been people who have said like to me, they're like, Oh, I didn't know you're adopted. And like, I sometimes have just like met them two weeks ago. I'm like, I don't usually like lead them with that. Like, hi, I'm adopted. Mm-hmm. Also,
0: my name's yeah. Good. No one, no one leaves. Well, I mean, because, anyone. Cause I forget I'm adopted it. a yeah, lot. Right. Yeah, like,
1: yeah. I don't know. And I think
0: for Claire and I, you know, we were fortunate enough to be adopted into, you know, families that weren't struggling financially. So yeah. Uh, You know, I have friends that were adopted into families that were maybe abusive or it was kind of a problem home. And so that's a very different situation. So, yeah. And I would say, you know, maybe common. I don't know.
1: Uh, I've been doing a lot of research into that. And just to give a brief overview, we're going to have some people on who have different experiences than ours. But one of the commonalities is that when you're pushed this beautiful story, you assume every home that people are adopted to. Are going to be great.
0: You always think that. You think
1: that, and like there are people who've been abused physically, emotionally, mentally, sexually. Yeah. And the problem is, is because there is so much uncertainty. We even said we're like, what happens if you don't want your adopted kid? We Mm -hmm. didn't even know what happened. Yeah. Right. Like, because there is that feeling of like you were chosen, you were grateful, and otherwise you're going to go into the system.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Like it's just it it's just insane to me.
0: Uh, The second half of this portion of this podcast is going to be. I think some questions that I personally have that if I have, maybe other listeners have also. So like I said on the previous podcast, the idea of open adoption and closed adoption is still very foreign to me. The I was not aware of the concepts. I, I just, it, it was just new to me. So I'm still a little fuzzy on open and closed and what that means for both parties, the birth parents and the adoptee. Yes. So we are doing a little research on this, but I think that that's important for a lot of our listeners to hear because, you know, we talk about a lot of things and we will be talking about a lot of topics on this podcast and, and sometimes terminologies or concepts are just going to literally go over most of our heads because we're just not well versed in this stuff. So I will do my best to play devil's advocate here and just ask some questions.
1: And as we mentioned Chris's story on episode two about how you had this very private time where you cried into your bubble tea, boba tea? Yeah,
0: during during Twinsters. And
1: then got to have your dinner.
0: Thanks, Samantha (laughs) Futaren.
1: Actually, I had a, a visceral reaction to that movie too. Yeah. Um... One thing that actually happens with me, completely on a tangent, I get told multiple times that people have seen my doppelganger, and I'm always like, ah, ask them if their mom gave up a baby in 1987. (laughs) Like, I get that probably once a month, to the point where my dad's girlfriend at the time was like, I swear I saw Claire in an airport in Paris with the same backpack. Mm. So I don't know, but...
0: I get a lot of those comments, but it's always people thinking that all Asians look the same, so that's different.
1: So... Um, I will say that, you guys, I'm experiencing this real time right now, um, being an adoptee and just being my own weird self, whatever layers that is. I might not have answers for everything. Um, adoptees don't usually do this publicly, but I felt like it was important to do it with you guys on here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, so you have questions. I actually found the press release of um
0: open closed or oh uh,
1: no the new oh. le- legislation from 2017 oh okay so from a saskatchewan publication
0: okay uh, but before we go over that
1: mm-hmm.
0: let's just go over like the terminology and the definition of closed and, and open
1: okay and i'll do it from my understanding we can yep. apply links but i want to do it in a broad spectrum so that it applies not just to saskatchewan yes so a closed adoption means that you have relinquished your parental rights and your access to that child. There will not be an ongoing relationship. So no connection. No connection. So usually there is in in terms of Saskatchewan a 30-day apparently at the time mm-hmm. I was adopted out mm-hmm. position where they could come back. Which is and very like- terrifying for an oh. adoptive parent.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think both parties. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and so and that was after that such time. And I believe you had to be proven as a fit parent Got it. at that time too. So there was, I believe, a level of protection. So closed adoption means that after that 30-day period, you will not be able to have any access to that child.
0: Okay, so then open obviously is the opposite where you can eventually have contact and communication and stuff like that. Yes, okay.
1: and there was no option as far as I'm concerned for a open adoption in the 80s for a government adoption Um, private adoption though, it was sometimes when it was a private adoption, the, uh, biological mother had a bit more of the control Mm -hmm. so she could stipulate that she only wanted an open adoption. A lot of other things that would happen to you in Saskatchewan was that a relative would adopt that child and it would wind up being the, uh, birth mother's cousin or even sibling.
0: Got it. So, what's a private adoption opposed to a closed adoption? So, uh,
1: so a private adoption, which could still be a closed adoption, was done outside I, of the government. Got it. So, a lot of private adopt the only like way- a third
0: party type of thing.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, it was usually something that was brokered between two people who knew each other with a separate lawyer. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yes. So, and like. So- yeah, just two people
0: would say, hey, like, let's just do this because we know each other and we trust each other and let's just... you No, know. well, it's like
1: that email we got where mm-hmm. someone reached out to this person and said, do you want my baby?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that was the first instances of open adoption or got people it. who would know. And so okay. there was great things with that because you would pass the lineup not waiting for five years. Mm-hmm. But then the problem with that therein lied that this person would know where your child was yes. and then your child knows where that person is. Yeah, I've known birth mothers who have had open adoptions and they quite love it. However, these people were very well adjusted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, that's
0: the problem is that this is, it's almost like a lottery because there are so many moving parts. So down to just like the developmental, you know, stages of a person, you know, like mm-hmm. do they, can they adjust? Can they assimilate? Can they feel like they don't have glaring things in their face where it's gonna cause trauma or you know, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. So I mean it's it's really complicated.
1: And there there's no right answer. Yeah. I've seen a lot of in the research I was doing during the break, people were asking, what's better, closed or open?
0: Mm-hmm. It's not.
1: It it's literally when you go to your favorite restaurant, you have two favorite options. You pick one or the other. There's gonna be great about mm-hmm. either, you know.
0: Yeah, there's pros and cons to everything, but I I think it it also purely depends on the moment and the circumstance and... The person. Yeah, the person and... Case by case basis. They're even down to just, you know, third party, like family and and support systems and community and and, and other things that um, can drastically affect that. So, but yeah, let's discuss um, what you had looked up
1: on. Okay. And again, so apparently... Um, it's making the new rules made easier access. So I do know one of like my high school boyfriend was also adopted and he was trying to find his birth mother and it used to cost a lot. So I'm going to go and actually contact him and see his experience. And you actually couldn't find anything about your birth father before. Oh, okay. This was a new thing. So they're saying, um, that there's a shift in perspective and that there used to be a lot of social stigma and little talk around adoption, mm-hmm. so this was their reaction to the change in adoption stigma. Um, also, rather than are you saying there was a negative stigma, or so apparent? So one of the quotes here um, was that not every situation is a positive situation, but mm-hmm. certainly some are, and it's sort of recognizing that people are entitled to gather that information. And if they have the want and the need to do that, they should. Um, And then so the opting out. So this apparently is meant to the veto is meant to give the empowerment of to just shut off communication. Mm -hmm. So at first I thought the veto was something that I was like, well, how did I not know about this? This is actually a new tool for me that I can just cut off all. Yeah. And then apparently it gives you more power. Yes, and then apparently I think that if there's a veto in reading this, there is a passive way where um, apparently my birth parents could have passively left their information. So if I searched, it would be there waiting for me. Got it. Which like, I prefer that. Yeah. But again, everyone's different, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm... Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so at this time, they said this was January 3rd, 2017. And the legislation had been passed, had been passed two days prior. And they said within that time, 84 vetoes had been registered by birth parents.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. So that basically means the birth parents didn't want contact.
1: No, that's like, that's,
0: that's what that means, right?
1: So that's actually kind of stress. Like I could go try to find my birth family and there'd be a veto.
0: So they would just basically, which is essentially for Korean adoption. That's what they, that's what they told the adoption agencies without signing any type of like contract. They just basically said, if they come back, tell them I'm dead because I can't live with that shame. Also, I'm remarried. My new husband and family have no idea that I had another child and that would ruin my life. And I would be excommunicated for my community. So it would be very life-changing in a negative way for these women. But it was never a, a statement and I'm going to sign this and it's official and it's a document. It's basically saying, no, if they search for me, just there's a little like note in my file, basically, or most people's files, I just say, lie to them and tell them we're dead. That's crazy. Um, I think, and again, you don't need to answer this, but um, I think a, a question that might arise from viewers or listeners is all the information that you found out today from your birth mother, it will all happen My in real time. My
1: mother?
0: Oh, sorry. Adoptive mother. Sorry. My mom. Your mom. Um,
1: See, guys, this is important yeah. that even we get
0: totally caught up
1: it. in the minutiae yes. of like- <laughs>
0: it's like whoops wrong word no adopted mother mom uh you know she had all these documents that she essentially just kind of kept uh and i'm sure because this is happening in real time you don't know the answer to this but just out of curiosity like are there any i don't know thoughts in your head of as to why maybe that wasn't shown to you earlier prior to today or anything like
1: that so because i can text her i tried to call her but she was watching a movie which i've called her a thousand times today so i'm Uh glad she's doing something for herself um but i asked her um i said did i ever ask you about what time or where i was born i said i know people are probably going to ask why i only found out now and, and I said, I don't really remember asking. I don't. And I really don't remember. Okay. She said, no, you never asked much. It seemed like you didn't want to know. Didn't want to talk about it. A couple times later, when you were in your 20s, we talked about it, as I recall. But as a kid, you never wanted to know. And so I...
0: Look, so just to shed light on my family to kind of give a little perspective. I mean, my parents only told us what they were given with regards to the Mm -hmm. documents which were all forged so it's that concept of you only know what you know and you don't know what you don't know so you know they didn't know so i can't fault them i can't get angry about it because they were fed fake documents so you know i think and again this goes back to the idea that we are both adopted into well-to-do families but things are different you know, and some 100%. people are open with it. Some people are like, ah, I'm a little insecure about it. And maybe they just don't share those things, you know, and, and, you know, it's, well, it's challenging.
1: The thing is too, that, you know, I couldn't find anything until I was 18 and a half. Yeah. So I feel like there is also that aspect of fanning the flame. Yeah. Right. And then my mom did say she was trying to put those in a baby, baby book. I would have eventually gotten these, mm-hmm. these items, but- You know, I don't know. I feel like, and it had nothing to do with, I don't think, my mom. I think I felt so guilty asking because of societal pressure.
0: You know, as adoptive parents, and we're eventually going to get adoptive parents on this podcast to kind of get their perspective, you know, with the insecurities, the uh, fear. The fear fear. Yeah. I remember when I told her I was going to a neck sleeve, she was like, hey, you're going to turtleneck. And I'm like, I (laughs) guess. And I'm like, (laughs) and it kind of, it was funny because I'm like, I hate turtlenecks. Like... Well, I'm gonna have a permanent turtleneck like how do I feel about that but and Anyway, that's an aside
1: yeah. um I will say though like one thing that I can attribute to I remember so and I, I don't mention things about my brother's story that are identifying or anything like that but I remember once we talked about would we search mm-hmm. and I felt this like feeling of panic because my brother's so funny like mm-hmm. I always joke I'm like to, when people meet My family and they're about to walk into my my family home or come to Regina. I say, well, remember this last moment where I'm the funniest and nicest Huntington, you know? Yeah. My brother's hilarious and he's always been my idol. And I remember having a panic of like, oh no, what if he has a blood sibling? He's not going to, he's, you know, I'm going to get left behind.
0: Yeah. And you need to understand like these are real emotions. Like this is, and also justified because the feeling of abandonment I think is, prevalent, it's everywhere within adoptees. And I think we can all connect on that feeling, Yeah, you know? And I I just think that, and I want to reiterate the fact that, you know, our situations are very, very different. And, And I think maybe because I've done a birth parent search and my younger sister did one and my parents did all that stuff. My parents are very open. They have no issues with us talking about this and sharing these things. And Claire's family is still kind of going through this in real time. So it's still a touchy subject. And 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 I, I know that it's not I'm gonna you're gonna see that I'm very open about everything and I have no filter and I'll just say it.
1: We're and, very Canadian.
0: Yeah. And, <laughs> and Claire might be a little more reserved, but you just need to understand the context so that all this stuff is happening now for her, where my stuff has happened five, ten years ago. Well,
1: so yeah, and I was talking like to Chris's wife today. That I, and I didn't tell you about this, but I think that the fact of that you're wanting to do birth parent search is that because our starting lines were different. Yeah. I started back here. Like, I'm just finding out what time I was born. I'm yeah. 33. Yeah. And then, so uh, Elaine and I are excited for me to get off so I can do a, a, a like a birth chart. Birth chart, yeah. I've never been able to do that. I'm so excited. Um, Which is so funny to me because, to be very honest... I don't
0: care about a birth chart. Personally, I'm like...
1: all the other cool girls got to do one and I could never do one. So when I was at sleepovers... I don't even
0: know what a birth chart is. Well, it's...
1: You know what? You're a boy. So I would be at sleepovers (laughs) and like all the other girls would be like doing their birth charts and they'd be like... Wait, is this a
0: Canadian thing or is this like a thing? This is a thing. What? It's a thing. Like this is a
1: sleepover thing? Like girls, yeah. We did lead as a feather, stiff as a board. Did you freeze
0: each other's bras? Like that was an American thing. No? No. I, I don't know
1: the fact that you thought i was wearing a bra in high school mm. thank you mm, thank you um <laughs> i was a gymnast so <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i think I was like four foot nine in grade 11 anyway um we did light as a feather stiff as a board we would do like the mash thing like how many husbands would you have oh and, my and, and, lord no no yeah we, we would do th- we would do th- we were a boy um we would do that and then they would do birth charts and they'd always be like what time are you born at? What city? And I was like, I don't know. And then it would be like super awkward. They're like, oh, well. You know what we did? What?
0: We would draw on people's faces with permanent marker uh, and we would put each other's hands in warm water while they slept. That's really the extent of what we did.
1: This is why I locked the door.
0: Yeah. Oh, (laughs) one other question, which I guess I was curious about, which leads to maybe other people being curious about Regina, knowing that you were born there, is that huge? Yeah. So explain why is that huge?
1: Okay. So, and I confirmed with my mom, for whatever reason, I've always had it in my head that I was born in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Mm. Well, not why? always. Why? I don't know. I think I always dropped that n- nugget or I found it or someone mentioned it in passing or. Okay. Like, so
0: you just held on to that?
1: I held on to that. I picked it up and I know nothing, right?
0: Okay. For American okay. listeners, What's the difference between those places? Regina and what did you say? say? Regina
1: and Prince Albert. So Prince, Prince Albert. Albert is a very small place. And we used to actually go there for gymnastics competitions and whatnot. And I remember being like there at gymnastics competitions.
0: By the way, we're both cheerleaders. That's a fun fact. Sorry. <laughs> it's one of Ex-former cheer- cheerleaders.
1: One of us retained our flexibility, but that's okay. Oh,
0: no. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> I'll, I'll share that TikTok. I am not... I have no shame. Like, it's fine. Anyway.
1: <laughs> um, Prince any, Albert and Regina. So I remember we would actually go there for gymnastics competitions, and I'd be looking around and trying to see if there's people that look like me.
0: Okay. So so that just stems from the fact that you really thought,
1: I, I thought Prince this. Albert
0: was where you I don't were. know
1: where I got this from, and oh, it's, okay. it's that part of my reunion roller coaster. It's the fantasy. Got it. So my two fantasies were that I was from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, and... Wait,
0: do you have a fantasy about your birth parents or like what they were like in high school? I've thought about this all the time. Okay, go ahead, you first. I always picture my birth father being a jock and my birth mother being a cheerleader. I don't know why. And I don't know if it's the copious amounts of cheesy uh, rom coms that I've watched or like American films, but I always thought they got hooked. They hooked, because again, remember, I thought my birth mother was 17, 16. So I thought maybe they hooked up at like some high school party and then she got pregnant.
1: Yeah, and this then- Hades Hawkins dance?
0: Yeah, no, that's when- Isn't that when a girl asks a boy?
1: Yeah, they don't have that in Korea, I don't think.
0: No. Um, <clears throat> but that's how I always pictured it. And I was like, yeah, so like, because I'm athletic, so I always pictured my birth father maybe being athletic. And I don't know, that's what I always pictured. I don't know why. And again, that is purely because of the influence of American films. But-
1: I picture my birth parents as being like young, hot dummies. That's kind of what I- because like, one of them has to be jacked. I would like to be the new triplet. Yeah.
0: Well, we have a lot of friends that have considered themselves the fourth triplet, so we might need to call up a couple of people. It's kind of like Ladder Kenny. It's like, who's the toughest guy is Ladder Kenny? Who's the fourth triplet? Like, Me- who's officially the fourth triplet? We need to square this off and figure it out.
1: I will get everyone. Yeah. Um, okay, so my fantasy, and I was trying to explain this to my nephew when we went to Harry Potter World. Um, I've
0: never been and I've always wanted to go.
1: Okay, we'll go. Po- when things are, maybe we'll go on my birthday at 8.46 p.m. Yeah. Anyway, so I was reading the books as I was going through things and I was the right age. So I think I was just, I was about to be 11 or so, like soon after. Mm-hmm. So on my 11th, the eve before my 11th birthday, like I literally packed up all of my stuff. I was 100% that I was going to Hogwarts. I packed oh up my God. all my ish. I believe I said goodbye to my brother. And like, I am i can't remember. But like, and I was Did just like. Did you a stuffed owl? <laughs> no, I had a teddy bear named Ted. The first thing I was given when I was adopted was this teddy bear named Ted. Called him Mr. Ted. And he literally had like, he's, well, I still have him. He's on my bed because I'm an adult. But <laughs> he has like a bald spot where my like little hand mm-hmm. would hold him.
0: Uh, Yeah. So I showed you that picture where, uh my brothers and I all had uh, blankets that were uh, crocheted by my grandmother's friend. And so there's different colors. We have three identical ones, but my brothers, for some reason, Jeremy and Justin like to rub their blankies to a point where now they don't exist. Like they're just pieces in a plastic bag. I, for some reason, never touched mine. So my brothers consider my blankie in mint condition. (laughs) So they will periodically ask me to send them pictures of it. Or when they are here, they go looking for it because they want to like, it's the weirdest ever. I don't know why. And they're like, oh, feel it's like mint. Oh, this is like, like brand new. And I'm like, dude, this is Stop weird. touching my blankie. Stop touching my blankie. Like, no.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Um, so, but his name was Mr. Ted. And so here's the funny thing is that I was so upset. I still remember we were in our motor. It was a bad day for me. We were in our motor home driving and I found out he had a bald spot right here. And then I lost, my, I lost my jelly shoe, you're a boy, so you won't understand, in a river. It was just a bad day, so I was watching the Goonies. So that year for Christmas, I got a new brand new Point Zero bear.
0: Okay, wait, hold on. There's so much going on. You just said jelly, Goonies, and Point Zero bear? Yeah. What's that?
1: Like, Point Zero was like a fancy brand. So essentially, oh. like, they got me... Base, I think it might have been from New York. I think they got me the the fanciest bear. Like, like a
0: Harrods yes. bear? Yes. Okay. I think they
1: got me like a Harrods bear or something that happened to have like a Point Zero... Zip up sweater. Got it.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. And
1: so I was given this bear as a child, and how my nanny at the time said that she knew that I was going to be a good person. The first thing that I did was grab this new bear and unzip the hoodie, rip it off of him, and put his hoodie on Ted, and then discard the new bear. Mm. So like that.
0: I'm curious, actually, with and we can get feedback from other adoptees. Like, are there? Is there a A, an
1: attachment to an item? Yeah,
0: like an item a blankie or doll. A sensory thing, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure there is.
1: But so yeah, I have. Or maybe
0: we were just super spoiled and we got cool toys. I don't know, because I remember growing up like we got three of everything, you know. And I, it was funny. I went home a couple of years ago. My parents were selling their house in Texas, and uh, they wanted us to go through all our old toys. So we have literally Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, He-Man. That was and WWE. How dare
1: you! We literally would only get that stuff when my dad would go to the states.
0: Yeah. So. Think of, like I was looking on eBay, we were thinking about trying to resell things, and there is an action figure in the Ninja Turtle line back in the 80s, 90s, when we got these things, it was called Mondo Gecko, and I'll never forget him, I have him over there, I love him, but apparently when we looked him up on the internet, Mondo Gecko was one of the rarest Ninja Turtle action figures you could possibly find, and we got three of them. Obviously, we took them out of the boxes, so now they're not worth that much, but it just goes to show how obviously spoiled we were. So I always wonder like, do I have an attachment to like my Skeletor action figure or Michelangelo or whatever it is, because obviously we were afforded nice things and my parents could afford those things. uh, Or, you know, is it a common link with all adoptees regardless of income and whatever social status that there was something regardless of what it was you had an attachment to? Because maybe that's similar from just all Children all people? I don't
1: know. I don't know. And it's really hard for us to separate that from other stuff. Yeah. And then getting back into the story where we went on a tangent.
0: Yeah. Oh, we're totally on a tangent right now. I
1: packed all my stuff because I was legit thought I was going to Hogwarts.
0: That's right. Okay, go on. I
1: went and then I, I stayed up all night waiting for Hagrid all night. And I woke up the next morning and I was so devastated. And I don't think my brother knew, but he was just like a really kind soul. Mm. and like woke up the next morning like but you
0: said you went to harry potter world yeah i did did you go to the wand shop
1: okay so here's the best part we went really early and then my mom who's always fostered my love of reading i think i was reading goosebumps books
0: oh really early
1: like i i well i can i can crush a novel in no time flat it was always a joke and this is Mm -hmm. before e-readers so my mom would have a box and i would literally crush all those novels like i'm i can still read so fast it's at the point where like anyone who's ever like lived did those
0: goosebumps books like scare the dickens out of me yeah yeah. oh yeah
1: hugely i had no business reading a lot of the things i read um but anyway so i was just like so excited so my mom and i it just happened it was so fast we went into like the one selection ceremony and it was my mom and i and it was early and so we got in super quick and we were in there with like a bunch of kids. And so here you think that they'd pick the kid. No, I'm like, as you yep. guys can see my facial reactions, I'm like, like,
0: like rocking back and forth, like,
1: <sighs> like, so I was so excited yeah. and it was so cute. My mom had her old phone and like she has the video and she's giggling and the guy selected me and I got to do like the, huh, the, huh,
0: nice, nice huh,
1: and the, I'm not Wait, Do it you hard. have your wand. I like do. still? Yeah. I do. And so and the, it was the interactive one, of course, and it was like mm. cost so much money. But I got it. And then my nephew and I were just like, Mingal mm. Dream Livio Song. <laughs>
0: we just watched the whole all the, the movies. I just watched marathon. number three. So Yeah. Well I remember uh Goosebumps was a book that or book, a series of books that I just couldn't read all the time because it did scare me. And then I was going to school in Singapore and Roll Doll came to visit. Uh, so I, I remember love. seeing Roald Dahl, and this was a month before he passed away, which is kind of weird. It was like a month or two.
1: Did you um,
0: but did we you had Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but no. Um, okay. But we, like, I love witches and James, or was it James and the Giant Peach, uh, BFG, uh, Matilda... Charlie and Chocolate Factory, like, all
1: yeah. love those books. But, like, this is a super quick interlude. Mm-hmm. Apparently, adopted children have a huge affinity for supernatural stories, origins unknown, mm-hmm. and it's super common for us to get, uh, like, tied into fiction. Yeah. And one of my best friends, who's ad- adopted as well, we do this thing where we will text each other, and it'll be, like, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. This is not a real thing. Or we'll say, insert episode, like, store, like whatever TV show it is, episode two, season one, 1057, adoption twist. So if you ever watch once though, I was just like, adopt once, episode one.
0: Well, that's what I loved about Matilda was that it was this book about this child that didn't feel like she belonged obviously to her family because they were polar opposites. She obviously was just hyper intelligent and led to obviously other things. And I just gravitated towards that. And then even Charlie and Chocolate Factory, I'm like, oh man, like, you know, I I feel like my family was the chocolate factory for me, so like I always viewed that as like I was Charlie with like, you know, I mean, I had a great or whatever the situation was in Korea, but then I got this lottery ticket to go to the United States, and obviously, you know, and you bought a, You
1: bought a golden ticket. I, I actually did.
0: That's another story. <laughs> I, I my, my one of my brothers, Justin, buys a lot of uh, movie props, and and he sent me a, like he's part of like this sub. I didn't know there was a subculture of people that just want to buy movie props. And so he's like, hey, look at this golden ticket. It's like, a, oh, like an actual replica of the golden ticket. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know why I need to buy that, but buy now. And it was definitely an impulse buy. So One
1: of, one of my favorite podcasts, um, and that's why we drink, she bought the Blue's Clues uh, oh. cabinet.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: How much was that? I don't know. We could message her. I oh. just want to message her anyway.
0: But yeah, so it's anyway. the
1: first step of the reunion roller coaster is mm-hmm. fantasy. Yeah. And so like your fantasy, not only of you being special or like... I was yeah, given up like the Superman, like you were yeah. given up because you know yeah. what I mean?
0: I'm wondering, that's a good question, whether or not our adoptees tastes in films and like pop culture and stuff like that does it gravitate towards, you know, supernatural. And like, you know, for me, it's, you know, we all love superheroes, but like for me, it was just this, you know, it was almost like an escape where I felt like. You, you know, saw
1: yourself. in yeah, yeah, because we all have.
0: And, and I think that's the same for everyone in general when they see a superhero because they see themselves maybe or they want to see themselves. But I wonder if that's a prevalent thing within adoptees.
1: Well, I can say right now that I'm pretty shocked. I was for sure thought that I was born in Prince Albert. Mm. So right now I'm trying to register like the checks and balances and balance the books right now between what yep. I thought. Yep. And what was actually there. So.
0: Yeah. And, and that's really, I think, a common story for most adoptees that start doing birth parent searches because we create these dialogues and these stories in our head. And then when you get the real facts, it goes back to that idea we were talking about that you're opening a door, you need to just be okay with whatever you find. And that's kind of what we're trying to say to everyone out there that wants to do a birth parent search is that, look, ignorance is bliss, but if you want to go down this path, just know that you're going to have the support. But more importantly, it's okay so, maybe find something that might be a little jarring. That's know?
1: something that wasn't what you thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, well, we're about at that time. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening. And I know tuning we in. tuning in. And, and uh, I know we went off on a little tangent there, but. Because
1: this was a real episode. Yes. This was two friends talking about what we found. Yeah. So we're going to, we talked about our different formats. This mm-hmm. is going to be our personal stories are likely going to be much more informal. Yes. Also the questions, if you guys have questions for me or for Chris, uh, email us at hello at origins Feel free to ask questions. Um, we might not answer them
0: <laughs> but- because remember we're learning as we go here. So if there is a topic that you want to, Ask about, or you're unsure of, or you need more information, you know. I think, you know, what does he say in letter Kenny? Um, more hands make less work.
1: Make so, less work or make work. Like,
0: yeah. So, like, Peter Patter, let's get at her. Yeah. So, we want to basically collectively work together here. So, uh,
1: even databases and stuff, too. Yeah. So, I found out today that Ancestry.ca has an adoption area that they're trying to find. I didn't find it, it didn't do anything for me. Um, but even like resources and other stuff, Mm -hmm. like we want to share information, even things like your stories. So what was your, actually, what was your fantasy? What was your fantasy? And like for our listeners, what do you view? What's your backstory that you've created for your, your parents? Yeah. Uh, follow us on Instagram origins unknown podcast.
0: Yeah. And, uh, thank you for sitting with us for an hour.
1: I'm going to go ugly cry. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and I will pour her a drink. Yeah. So thank you guys. We will see you next time.
1: If you'd like to connect with us on Instagram or TikTok, you can find us at
0: Origins Unknown Podcast.
1: You can follow my co-host at Beyond the Tats. You can find me at
0: Bear Huntington. We're also on Twitter. Follow us at
1: O Unknown Podcast. If you'd like to visit our website, it's
0: OriginsUnknownPodcast.com Also, if you'd like to send us questions uh, Share your story Or even just say hi You can send us an email
1: at Hello at OriginsUnknownPodcast.com Special thanks to Pace Randolph For writing, performing, and producing The audio for our podcast Follow him on Spotify for more wonderful music I think I'll the long way home now, for just pick me up and hold me close
0: when things get rough.